Hi everyone, welcome to the podcast. A lot of kids in the community are bilingual, meaning they speak more than one language or they're learning to speak more than one language. So today in the podcast, we are going to be talking to the community about the challenges of raising children to be bilingual and dispelling some common myths around the topic. To help with this, we have two speech pathologists, Livia and Betty. Livia and Betty work at NRCH as speech pathologists in the CHAD team, which is the Childhood Health and Development team in the Allied Health Department. Livia and Betty also produced this first podcast themselves in the studio under the Podcast Mentor Program, where I guide people through the process of planning and recording and editing a podcast of your creation. And I want to congratulate them on this very first episode, which showcases their knowledge and experience, but also helps educate parents and teachers in the community around this very important topic. All right, so that's enough from me for now. I'm going to hand you over to Livia and Betty. Hello, welcome to the latest episode of North Richmond Community Health Podcast. I am Livia. Hi, and I'm Betty, I'm, and we are your hosts for today. We are speech pathologists from the Child Health and Development team here, uh, otherwise we're known as the CHAD team. The reason why we created this podcast, and we know how important it is to have early intervention um, so the children can get support as soon as possible. So we're wanting to create a new pathway, which is to create this podcast so that we can teach some um, basic language strategies or answer some main concerns parents may already have while they're waiting for us. By the way, speech pathologists and the speech therapists are the same profession. I got asked a lot by different people. Yes. Um, yep. So I'm just taking this opportunity to clarify that. Mm, that's right. Yep. And it's super exciting. Um, so first off, we'll introduce what the Chad team does. So we have three disciplines. So the first is OT or occupational therapy. They work with um, children's fine motor skills, so how we use our hands, development of drawing, writing, and other school readiness skills like using scissors. They also work with gross motor skills, some self-care skills, play skills, um, behavior and emotional regulation, sensory regulation, and overall just developing independence in home, um, kindergarten, and school environments. And then we have speech pathologists, which is us, <laughs> and we work with children's speech, language, and communication um, development and difficulties. We also work with social skills um, and developing early literacy as well. And then we have dietetics. So our dietitian provides professional advice on healthy eating, fussy eating, and weight management for infants, children, and their families. So Livia, how can people find us? Well, there are three main pathways to find us. Mm -hmm. First of all, by self-referring, which means anybody like carers or educators or parents who are currently concerned with their children's speech or language development, they could contact us directly. And um, having said that, I think the main referral actually came from maternal child health nurse mm -hmm. because during the, their appointment, parents may raise the concerns or the maternal child health nurse might discover some potential issues with the child's development. The other way we get to see a lot um, is people getting referral from GPs. That's right. Yes. Yep. Um, 
and Livia just a little bit more about how maternal child health nurses work because that's a huge number of our caseloads. So um, I wonder if you could tell us a bit more about how, like how do parents know like when, when to see a speech pathologist and how do they work that out with their maternal child health nurse? Basically, after giving birth, a birth notice is sent to the relevant local council and this is then distributed to the family's closest maternal child health service. Mm -hmm. Then they contact the family to arrange a home visit and introduce the service and arrange future appointments. This is how the majority of our young clients are referred to us. And so um, we'll start to get into some another juicy topic, uh, which is bilingualism, because that's something that comes up in a lot of our work. Um, yeah. Oh, hang on, <laughs> Betty. I think this might be the first time some listeners have heard of the term bilingualism. Can you give me an example of what that is? Yes. So bilingualism is when you communicate in two languages. Um, so to give an example, you might have a child who is learning to um, speak English, but at home they speak Vietnamese or another language with their parents. So yeah, that's an example of developing two languages. That's a great example. Thanks, Betty. Um, I think to understand what our community think about how bilingual children communicate mm. and how to raise bilingual children, we actually did a little bit survey by interviewing some parents from our North Richmond community. Yeah. Let's hear what they say. As Vietnamese is my strongest language, I spoke with my child in Vietnamese. When my child was little, her English was not very good. One might call it broken English. However, her English became very good with school and she was able to keep her mother tongue, Vietnamese. Now she's grown up, she tells me she appreciates that she could keep both. I think that firstly, bilingual children may have the advantage in that they can interact more broadly compared to monolingual children. And secondly, they may interact with relatives more easily when going on holiday to our country. I was worried that when my child first went to childcare that he would find it harder to learn new information or express his needs to his teacher. But I think kids are quickly able to adapt to the environment and the new language. My boy is three years old, but he could only say it's a few words. Um, although I, will, I really like him to learn Cantonese, we only speak English to him uh, at the moment to avoid uh, confusing him because we are scared that he won't talk if we speak two languages. Yeah, it's better for you to focus on one language rather than multi-language because I've got another friends as well, like they've got, they raised the kids with different language and by the time they went to school, they just prefer one language, which is English because it's here. Great, and now we're back to the studio. So from our interviews, we identified some popular opinions. Um... There, yeah, a lot of common ones kind of popped up. For example, some parents are having some worries about the child speaking another language will be slower to catch up to their peers who speak um, only English. We call that monolingual, so one language. And another is worrying that their child will resist speaking the mother tongue once they start going to kinder school. There's also parents who've raised concerns about 
whether their child might find it difficult to interact or learn at school for bilingual children. So they mm. might not have a lot of exposure to English before going to school. So parents are worried about, you know, will my child be able to like say what they need and yeah, yeah and like mm. fit in as well? Yeah, I have heard about that a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I guess and for myself as well, like just anecdotally, like growing up, I think I had an interesting relationship with my own cultural identity. Like I, I, I speak Vietnamese at home, but I didn't always. So I went through a period. I was like, I would just only speak English because it's easier for me. So I think parents have a, a challenging time, like trying to work out how much input they have to, to help their child develop two languages. Yeah, definitely. Mm. It's very tricky. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, but however, like it sounds like some parents do really think about the advantages of being able to speak both languages. So like having job opportunities, um, forming cultural identities. And, and that parent that said it's easier to like go on holidays and interact with their relatives. <laughs> oh, well. that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think it was really interesting to hear from the community about that. And because different parents are thinking about pros and cons of raising bilingual children, it looks like they've formed different ways of raising their kids. So, for example, some parents will only stick to English because they think that the child will speak English anyway when they go to school. Do you think so? Mm. Yeah, yeah. And but other parents might like set some rules about what to speak where. So they might say, at home, we only speak our language, whereas. When you go to school, outside, anywhere else, you can speak English. Yeah, mm. one language, one environment. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so what's your response to that, Livia? What do you think? Well, I have a lot to say. <laughs> yeah. um, first of all, children are capable of learning multiple languages. Speaking more than one language does not cause language delay or disorders. Mm-hmm. Um, That's right. Or in other words, both typically developing children and children who already have a language delay will have the capacity to learn more than one language, and this will not impact their existing language skills. The reason I'm emphasizing so much about this here is that I know some parents I have worked before, um, they might have a child with um, a diagnosis, for example, ASD, uh, they are just uh, sticking to one language because mm. they are worried that they might confuse the child. Mm. However, um, I'm here to tell everyone learning an additional language is not going to cause any negative impact on their existing conditions. That's right. Yeah. So um, if your bilingual children are not achieving he- their language milestones, this is not going to be caused by speaking more than one language. There might be some underlying issues Mm. going. Yes, yeah. So maybe you can tell us what is a language milestone for those listening? Typically developing child, we could expect them to start using certain amounts of words or follow and understand a certain number of instructions at a certain time. So, for example, a typically developing child is expected to say the very first word around their first birthday, and around two-year-old, they should start putting two words together or um, could normally understand more than 50 words, etc. I think I can talk about the (laughs) milestone for the entire episode, (laughs) but due to the 
limited time. Um, mm. So if any of the listeners want to know more about the milestones, uh, you can go to the Speech Pathology Australia website for more information. And we will also put the link um, in the notes so everybody can just click into it. I think that sounds really good. And so just to note as well, once you go into that link, it's split into different age groups. So you can find the age of your own child and have a look at to see what milestones they should be meeting. Um, yeah. Any other responses, Livia, in terms of like the bilingualism myths and, and facts? Yeah. Um, I guess I'm also very glad to hear that some parents focus more on the positive side of speaking more than one language. For example, the, um, you mentioned that some people will say um, bilingual children might have more job opportunities or being able to participate in their own community a little bit more. Um, and especially we're living in a very culturally diverse city, Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm sure there are so many uh, bilingual children who get to speak a different language or their mother tongue. Yeah. Um, and also many research has actually shown that bilingualism improves children's ability to learn new words, identify sounds and problem solve. I'm personally very fascinated in language and I'm sure Betty is yes, the same. Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah, and I think um, I do believe that language carries lots of cultural heritage and it's really important to help us form part of our identity. So if you ask me, I definitely encourage children learning their mother tongue or just an additional language. That's right, yeah. There can only be really good outcomes um, from learning multiple languages. To sum up, we'll summarise the recommendations. So if you're a parent of a child who is bilingual, we can recommend modelling the language that you're most confident with. Um, so if you're confident in, you know, in two languages or more, that's fine, go ahead and model both, that's excellent. Um, if you're a parent who is not confident with English yourself, there might be some playgroups or other social environments where your child might be able to increase their exposure to English. So like a playgroup in the community, um, I find going to kinder as well, like it helps to kickstart language development in English as well. And keeping it consistent, there is some different opinions about this, but one thing we can recommend is if your language switches between like the language and then English, so that we call that code switching. If your language naturally does that, then um, that is fine. But sometimes we also recommend to say one sentence in one language. And so try not to switch between both within a sentence. Yeah, yes. definitely, yeah. And we have seen many bilingual children in the past, yeah. so I'm sure we have so much more to say about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Great recommendations. Thank you, Betty. Did you have any others to add, Livia, in case we've missed any? Um, Just one more to add. I think Mm. um, there are some local libraries for their children to kind of interact uh, in an English-speaking environment if they don't have much opportunity to practice English. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Wonderful. 
Great. So um, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we hope that you have learned something about what we do as speech pathologists and also a very, very important term we mentioned today, which is... Bilingualism. That's right. <laughs> yep. So um, to find us, please call us on 9418-9800. Um, you can also easily find um, our website from Google. And thanks again for tuning in. And Thank we'll you. see you next time. See you next time. Well, I hope you enjoyed this podcast produced by Betty and Livia. If you would like to know more about Allied Health, please contact NRCH on 03-9418-9800. Once again, thanks for joining us and take care.